0: That's ljsinnercircle.com, or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. So if you listened to last episode, 123, you know that we need to have focused, goal-oriented practicing in order to improve, and not just to improve as jazz musicians, but to improve quickly. But, so what exactly are we supposed to practice Right? Like, what things are we supposed to do in order to improve quickly and efficiently? Well, that's exactly what we're going to be going over in today's episode. Coming right up. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. Alright, hey, what's up everybody? If you don't know who I am, I am Brent, the jazz musician behind LearnJazzStandards.com, which is a blog, a podcast, and videos all geared towards helping you become a better jazz musician. Now, hey, listen, uh, we've been going over in this month of July talking about practicing, specifically goal-oriented, focused practicing. And I talked in the last episode, like I just said about this and, and five really big results that can come from this kind of practicing. This is super important stuff. And, and as I've said before, as a teacher, it is far more important and far more effective if I teach my students how to practice and what to practice the right way rather than teaching a bunch of cool tricks or music theory things or licks or all the other thousands of things that we could talk about as far as it goes with becoming a better jazz musician. It's important for me to talk about this kind of practicing. So we are going to be diving further into that today because you know once we understand that we need this kind of practicing, that we need an action plan in order to achieve the results, like we need a step-by-step process with someone leading us along the way we have to know what exactly we should practice and you know this is a big topic because you know there are so many things out there especially on the internet these days right you have youtube you have like podcasts like this i mean there's so much noise out there things that you could practice or should practice this is where things get confusing and and while there is so much information available to us these days That's not always a good thing, right? Sometimes we need things boiled down. So today I'm gonna be talking about what I call the big three. These are the big three things or categories that I believe we need to be focusing on in order to improve as jazz musicians and not just improve, but improve faster. Okay, so I'm just gonna boil things down for us uh, in this episode. You know, we don't need to worry about all the clutter. If we can just boil it down to these three things, then we are gonna be so much better off. Now, as you may know, if you've listened to the last episode and if you didn't listen to it, I hope you do, but at the end, uh, or at the, rather at the beginning of August, I'm relaunching my course called 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing, formerly called 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing. And this is a course, it's a practice course that walks you through 30 steps 30 practice sessions uh, towards better jazz playing where we're going to be having specific goals that build off of each other and uh, it's just really this ultimate practice plan hundreds of students have already been going through that and and are currently still even in it Uh, and it's closed down right now for the month of July right now we are only uh, doing a waiting list uh, where I'm also going to be having a required free course absolutely free called Accelerate Your Jazz Skills. Three Steps Towards Jazz Improv Freedom. It's a free course, uh, regardless of whether you want to take the uh, 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing course at the end, it just sets you up for success here. And a lot of what I'm talking about in these episodes uh, is kind of scratching the surface of this Accelerate Your Jazz Skills free mini course. So what I want you to do, if you're interested in just that free course, but also interested in the 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing course uh, at the end, just to even see what that's all about, you need to Go to 30 Steps to Better Jazz com. That's 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing.com. Or if it's easier, Learn Jazz forward slash 30 Steps. Sign up for the waiting list there on August 2nd. I'm going to be sending out the Accelerate Your Jazz Skills course. Uh, and then Uh, on August 5th, we are going to be launching 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing, new and improved and better than ever. All right. But that's uh, so I want you to do that. But let's jump into these big three. Let's find out what they are so we can make things easier. All right. Now, these big three categories that we need to work out of not only are they in my experience the things that really make uh, a big difference you know before in this podcast I've talked about the 8020 rule and how we can apply that to our practicing well these are these these are really a big part of what those uh, are uh, the, these are things that I have been that have been passed down to me from from jazz musicians big jazz musicians that I've studied with my teachers and what I've seen in my colleagues as well so you know this is this is my experience this is other people's experience experience. And so I think, in my opinion, these are the things we need to be focusing on. And again, this is to make things easier, right? We don't want to be uh, stretched all over the place, right? We're trying to set up focused, goal-oriented practice sessions. We're trying to create an action plan. So now we just need to figure out what exactly should we be spending our time working on? What things should we be building up? Now, remember that in the last episode, I talked about master goals, setting master goals. So again, and hope you've listened to that last episode because it is important. And I asked you to write down on a piece of paper what your overarching big master goals are for your jazz playing. And that's important because you want to have that uh, up somewhere where you can see it so that you know that everything you're working towards is going towards that. And I can almost guarantee you that as far as your jazz performance goes, that these big three will help you will help you get there if we break it down into a process. Now, we're not going to be talking about the process uh, today. Uh, that really is going to be covered in the Accelerate Your Jazz Skills course, um, as well as we talk even more about these big three in that course. But uh, we're going to talk about what these are. So let's start with number one. Number one, the first big three item category is technique. Technique. Now, uh, in the Accelerate Your Jazz Playing mini-course that you can sign up for, I do talk uh, about... Sushi chefs, (laughs) and that's kind of weird, right? Sushi chefs. Why would I talk about sushi chefs? Well, sushi chefs are interesting because you know in Japan it's actually a really big deal uh, to become a sushi chef, and you train for years and years uh, just learning the technique, just learning the basics um, before you know as an apprentice before you can even start taking the most menial of tasks like you know preparing the rice, and then from there you can get promotions. It's really a big uh, a big deal and that technique, if you've ever seen sushi chefs uh, cutting up, you know, slices of fish or, or you know, garnishing vegetables, all sorts of things, it's really phenomenal, their technique. They really have all kinds of ability. And I like to cook, and I think a lot about cooking, not necessarily about sushi, because I don't really do that, uh, but I think about the techniques of cooking, right? You have to know the technique. You have to have these basic elements down of how to do things, uh, how to make a sauce, how to to make a roux? How to make all you know? There's all kinds of different techniques involved in cooking, but then after that, there's so much, uh, you know, there's so much other things we can we can work on and become creative. I'll talk about that in a second. But that technique is foundational because at the end of the day, and especially in a music like jazz that is highly virtuosic, right? It really requires a lot of your skills to become an improviser. We want to have flexibility on our instrument now. Technique is not necessarily anything to do with playing jazz. It has to do with having flexibility on our instruments. If we have that ability, it's going to be so much easier for us to play jazz language and all the other things that we need to do. We don't want things holding us Back, I know that uh, when I was in college, I was uh, able to take some classes with the great bassist John Patitucci. And one thing that he pointed out in my technique is, uh, I'm in particular, I'm a guitar player, and he was pointing out that my hand was in, in this weird position. Now, that's that's one part of technique, but the point that he was trying to make to me is, I can tell that certain things are hard for you to play just by the way your hand is positioned, okay? So that's how important technique is. And yes, I did work to uh, change that technique, you know? And not everybody's technique is gonna be perfect, but we need to be working towards that stuff. And I'm not even talking about hand positions. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about being able to be flexible on your instrument. So there's all sorts of things that we can do for technique. I talk about this way more in the free Accelerate Your Jazz Skills course. But briefly, here are some important ones to consider. Now, the first type of technique I would want you to consider is instrument-specific technique. Now, for example, if you are a trumpet player, uh, it is it is kind of a known fact. I'm not a trumpet player, but it's a known fact that long tones are something that are worthwhile practicing, or a lot of brass instruments, long tones are helpful to practice for your chops, uh, for you know, building up your air, all that stuff. Now, as a guitar player, I don't need to work on that. That's not something I have a whole slew of other things I need to work on. I need to work on playing things in multiple different positions all over the neck of the guitar, right? The fretboard. I mean, I need to be working on being more flexible with not just being able to play things in one position, but multiple positions. But if you're a horn player, you might want to be working on long tones. Now, there's a lot of other things, right? Um... You know, uh, depending on what instrument you are, you're going to want to consult with a teacher that is uh, of your instrument of some things that are just important specifically for your instrument to be practicing, to be working on for technique. Because again, these things are going to help you so that you can be able to play all the other stuff. It's going to help your improv by being flexible with those things. So that's the first thing with technique to be working on. Now, the second thing is just to know some of your basics, Right. I mean, everybody's got to know some basics. And, you know, a lot of people think they can just cheat the basics and get away with them. Uh, I do not agree with that. I do not think you, you can. I think you do need to know your scales. I think you do uh, need to uh, be able to play arpeggios and chord tones. And if you don't know how to do that stuff, you should be. Now, the third one, though, that I highly suggest, and this is what we really work on uh, in each practice session in the 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing course, is patterns. And I, the reason I choose patterns is because patterns uh, are, are things that kind of span all instruments. I think they're helpful for everybody, not just one specific instrument. Uh, they're good for everybody because they provide flexibility. And you can you can apply patterns to many different things. You can apply patterns to scales. You can uh, use triads. You can use different rhythmic elements to apply patterns, all things that are important in music. So we have handouts in the 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing course uh, that go through specific patterns over certain scales for each module of the course so that by the end of the course, you kind of worked uh, six different patterns for these different scales uh, through multiple, multiple different variations. And it really creates a ton of of flexibility. And even within those scales, we we dive diverse from that and just go to, you know, playing the modes of those scales with different patterns. I mean, it gets really uh it gets really, you know, it gets really into it, right? And it's really helpful because by the end of that, you're like, wow, I mean, I I can really I really have a lot of flexibility now and I'm maybe playing things on my instrument. I wouldn't have thought to play before or I, wouldn't, I wasn't even able to play before, okay? So patterns is a big one I suggest. I talk a little bit more about this in the Accelerate Your Jazz Playing free mini course uh, that you have to take to get into the 30 steps course. So just uh, know that we talk more about that. So the first big three items is technique. It is the it is the sushi chef uh of your music, right? It is the knife skills of your music. It is the 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 basics of the cooking, right, that you need to, to be able to execute the dish. That is technique. That's why it is so important to spend a little bit. And I wouldn't say the most of the time, but at least a little bit of your time in your practicing on that. Okay. We're just being brief on all this uh, today, so uh, forgive me. I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, I'm again. If you sign up for the free mini course, I'm going to be elaborating on all this much further. But let's move on to number two. Uh, that is uh, the big three. Number two, that is jazz repertoire jazz repertoire. Now, many of you are not surprised by this. You know uh, that I have talked about over and over and over and over again, like and your ears are starting to bleed, that you need to learn jazz repertoire. You need to learn jazz standards because they are the vehicles in which musicians uh, use to improvise and communicate with each other. Jazz musicians, that is, right? So we need to learn jazz standards. That's why it's such a big deal. Even if you want to compose your own music, uh, you have to get this found even if you don't really want to play jazz if you learn some jazz you are going to know so much about music theory so much about everything let's bring things back to cooking because i do talk about this again in the free mini course cooking i have a recipe book called uh it's uh julia child's book the art of french cooking um because i like cooking french food i i really i love cooking in general but i love cooking french food it's a lot of fun and you know In this book are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of recipes and even hundreds of recipes just to make simple sauces or just to, you know, make, you know, onions, you know, like there's just tons of stuff there. These are recipes that I can copy verbatim and in learning these recipes, I can learn so much about cooking so much. In fact, I have learned so much about cooking and in general from other recipes that I've used, you know. I, I've learned so much that at this point, if I have a basic idea for a dish, I don't really have to be digging for a bunch of recipes. In fact, most of the time these days, uh, I, I kind of just know some techniques and some skills and some uh, repertoire, if you will, to just work from, and I can just improvise off of that. You know, or I'll be comparing and contrasting to several different recipes and won't be following just one verbatim. So in other words, I've built my repertoire of recipes, and now I have certain things that I can make. Uh, recently, though, I've been starting to dive into some Asian cuisines, and I know nothing about making that kind of food from from any of the regions. You know, I don't, I know nothing, but I'm starting to learn some things, and now I'm realizing how I can use certain ingredients I never would have before right a whole different set of repertoire right so if we want to learn how to play jazz music we have to learn the jazz standards and in learning those jazz standards we will learn not only everything there is to know about jazz language we will learn uh, everything we need to know about jazz theory and music theory in general which can help us which will help us be able to improvise and of course it's kind of just a no brainer if you want to be a jazz musician if you want to play jazz you got to know the songs, right? It's just kind of a, uh, you know, if you want to be able to play funk music, you got to learn how to play some funk tunes. If you want to be able to play, uh, you know, sambas, you got to learn some sambas. You know, there, you have to know. It. I mean, everybody understands this. Okay. So learn jazz standards, right? We know this. This is a big thing I preach. So we just need to push everything else aside and realize that even if you learn one tune, you know, in a month, you've learned a ton of lessons. And the funny thing about learning jazz standards, especially, is once you've learned one, uh, you start recognizing patterns in another one and then another one. And before you know it, if you know 50 jazz standards, it's like any other jazz standard is, is super easy. And before you know it, you'll be able to play songs on the bandstand you know, that you've never played before. You'll just like be able to pick them up because you've heard them so many times. So jazz standards, super important. So so far, we got technique. Spend a little bit of time working on technique, you know getting those things under your fingers, being able to improve flexibility, and then just work on jazz standards. If you learn one jazz standard in a month, that is incredible progress, okay? Don't underestimate that. Um, It's not even about quantity sometimes, right? Just learning that jazz standard is going to be huge for your overall musicianship, okay? Don't worry about everything else. You will learn the lessons that you need to learn in that jazz standard. It will teach you the lessons you need to learn, all right? So jazz standards, jazz repertoire is the second topic that we need to work on in the big three. Now, the last one of the big three, the last one is jazz language jazz language, this piggybacks off of jazz standards, right? Because we need to understand how jazz musicians have communicated with each other, okay? We need to be learning that language. Now, obviously, part of this comes with just listening to it. I mean, if you don't listen to it, you're never going to get it because you won't be familiar with it, right? It's like anything. It's like, how am I supposed to know how to cook french food if i've never actually tasted it before i don't know what it's supposed to taste like so therefore i have nothing to compare and contrast with what i'm doing right so we need to be listening to it obviously but then what are the things that we need to be doing in order to develop jazz language outside of that okay the two that i suggest and the two that we work on in 30 steps to better jazz playing are learning licks and learning jazz solos by ear learning licks and learning jazz solos. Now, the reason I have two is because one of them is micro pieces of language that we're learning. And one of them is macro, micro and and macro. And they both serve different purposes. So for micro, like we're talking about a lick here, a lick is just a small phrase, a a small short idea, musical idea, usually over a chord or chord progression. So what, what happens is you'll learn a jazz standard and you'll realize there are, major two five ones and minor two five ones everywhere, just as an example. Okay. So then you'll go, okay, obviously it's important to know how to play over top of these core progressions. So what you can do is find licks or in, in recordings or, or in, in my case, sometimes I give them to you in the course and and learn them. And not just learn them in one key, learn them in all 12 keys, because again, we want that flexibility, and it improves our ear at the same time, and a good ear is really important in jazz improvisation. So it's these micro pieces where you know we can just hold on to a small bit of information, and it's not necessarily that we want to play that lick verbatim, but what happens is when you work through that lick in all 12 keys over that chord progression, you start to realize how it works. Oh, it's outlining a minor arpeggio there. And then it resolves from the third to the, to the seventh to the third of the dominant seventh chord. And then that resolves to the third of the major seventh chord. Hmm, something about resolving to the thirds really makes it sound like it's outlining the chord changes. Or hey, I really liked that, this, that Sonny Rollins outlined the altered dominant seventh chord and I never thought about approaching it that way. Every single time I've learned a lick It's been like a a mind-blowing experience where it's like, wow, how did that guy do that in the moment? How did he improvise that? That's amazing. And it opens your mind to new things and you understand how things work, right? So you learn that language. So micro that's micro material now macro that's learning a whole jazz solo or even if it's not a whole jazz solo multiple choruses of a jazz solo now why would you do that why would i suggest you do that because listen it is difficult it is not easy right i mean honestly the best things in life don't come for free we know that and they don't necessarily come easy either so why would you spend the time to learn a whole solo or at least a large chunk of a solo when we try to get inside of what an artist was trying to play or express over a, a jazz standard, it can really further open our mind to their approach, right? Because it's one thing to take a micro piece of material and go, "Okay, that's they played that lick," or "They played this over that chord," but in context, you know, where did it go from there, and where did it? What came before it? That's what's really important as well. So one solo that I do suggest, I, I, I suggest four solos in uh, the 30 Steps to Jazz Playing course, but one that I do suggest for those who are kind of just getting started out with this stuff is uh, Miles Davis's solo on "Freddie Freeloader. That's one I suggest. Um, I also suggest Autumn Leaves by, by Miles Davis. And the reason I suggest miles davis solos is because they're simple they're melodic and they're really good information and when you hear how miles davis approaches this blues it's like an amazing experience when you can play along with the recording with Miles Davis that entire solo and start to understand what he's playing. And then, after that, if you'd like, you know, once you've learned it by ear and you're able to play it with the recording, you can go back and actually analyze it if you want, theoretically, and try to grasp that if, and it often does to help you understand it further, which might help you improvise better on your own, right? So learning this macro piece of information is going to give you the big picture idea of what an artist was thinking when they went through that. And, uh, you know, even better from that is like, you could learn maybe this macro piece of information and then find maybe a few licks or ideas or phrases that you liked in that solo, and then work on those to take those through all 12 keys, right? So you're really, you know, just honing into this material really well. So that's what I always suggest for, uh, for for this for for learning jazz language, right? I mean, you got to go to the greats. You got to go to those who have done it well before you. And jazz is really about mimicking. Um, a lot of things are about mimicking, and so I highly suggest these practices. Okay, so let's 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 look at this. Let's step back for a second and look back what we just talked about. We talked about technique, right? That's going to give us our flexibility. We don't need to spend a lot of time on technique; just a little bit of time that we're able to just slowly but surely, you know, build flexibility on our instrument. And then we talked about jazz repertoire. We need to learn jazz standards. They're the framework. They're gonna help lay out the land of what we need to do. And then we talked about jazz language, right? And I talked about two ways we can do that. We can do that with micro pieces and macro pieces of learning jazz language by ear, right? By ear. Um, so in the Accelerate Your Jazz Skills free mini course. I do talk about how to do these things, you know, how to actually go through with that. Uh because I know for not everybody that's easy to do. So I do go through a very step-by-step process um for how to learn jazz language by ear, whether it's a lick or whether it's a solo or, or even if it's a jazz standard, how to do that from scratch. That's just an important part. I'm not going to go over that necessarily right now. Um I have talked a bit about this in this podcast before, but those are the big 3. And honestly, If you just work on those three things, and I'm not saying you can't work on other things. I mean, other things are going to come up. You might want to work on some melodic minor theory once you start working on Stella by Starlight because you're like, hey, that might be helpful for approaching these tough... I mean, so it's not that you should ignore everything else, but it's if you just hone in on these big three and focus in on them, you don't need to worry about all the clutter everywhere else, okay? So, so far we understand really fully and, and really well, hopefully, if you listen to last episode, 123, we understand we need goal-oriented focus practice sessions. Like, And we need that master goal. We need to know where we're heading. But then after that, well, what do we work on to get to those goals? I suggest the big three, technique, jazz repertoire, jazz language. Focus on those three things, almost guarantee you, you're gonna get to your jazz performance goals. But just those things on the, on their own are not enough. What we need is an action plan. We need an action plan. We need a step-by-step process that is going to lead us to that goal, okay? We need that. We need some hand-holding. Honestly, we do. We we need a process. That's one thing about YouTube and and podcasts and all this stuff is it's so much information that it's hard for us to organize it. So we need that organization. So in the free Accelerate Your Jazz Skills course, I do talk about how to do that. And that's exactly what we do further on in the 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing course is it is a practice plan that sets you up for success, okay? So that is all for the big three. And what I want you to do is if you want to go further with this, um, definitely go to 30stepstobetterjazzplaying.com, steps to sign up for the waiting list, for the free mini course, and that is the only way that you can get into Thirty Steps to Better Jazz Playing uh, when it launches uh, in August, in early August. Okay, so uh, sign up there if you're interested in any in more of this. all right so that's all for today's show talking about the big three just scratching the surface here uh but again like i said sign up uh, for the waiting list at 30 steps to better jazz if you're interested in the free mini course that goes over this stuff even more and then of course if you are interested in joining 30 steps to better jazz playing now uh was i always ask if you found value in today's podcast episode go to itunes leave a rating and review it really just helps other people know that this is a podcast worth listening to, but I do want you, in addition to that, to stick around for next episode because uh, it's a fun episode, this next one. I'm actually having a student who has an alumni of 30 Steps to Better Jazz Playing on the course, and, uh, it's really fun. We basically have a coaching call together where I, where I help, help him out a little bit. Um, and, you know, it's just a lot of fun. We go over some stuff, uh, that happened in the course and I just work with him a little bit and try to help him set up for the post course life and what he should be doing here on out. So be sure to join me back then on next week's episode. That is episode 125.